similar to Lindsey Graham's speech slash rant from about a week and a half ago. Half the country thought it was a great moment in Senate history, and half the country and uh, all the journalists thought it was uh, <laughs> embarrassing. Half the country and all the journalists. That's our phrase of the day. Um, the Armstrong and Getty phrase of the day. Well done, Jack. And similar with Susan Collins, a, a woman, Republican senator from Maine. Uh, we, we mocked her actually on Friday morning for uh, saying I'm a, uh, I'm a yes vote on the procedural thing. As to my vote tomorrow, I will tell you at noon. You mocked her. <laughs> I yes, predicted, I Jack. That she was just tired of answering the question and wanted people to go away. And I would suggest that uh, by the length and depth of her speech, she already knew which way she was swinging. Oh, yeah. Oh, she clearly wanted to draw attention to what she was she was going to go big. Right. Um, which is fine. I thought she was just trying to play the, uh, you know, the Trump uh, TV game show, you know, because of your misogyny. And I thought she was a patriot and a great American. <laughs> Anyway, she talked for like 45 minutes. Is that right, Sean? 45 minutes. That's a, She speaks very slowly. That's a heck of a speech. Yeah. And um, here's the first chunk of that speech. Today, we have come to the conclusion of a confirmation process that has become so dysfunctional, it looks more like a caricature of a gutter-level political campaign than a solemn occasion. The president nominated Brett Kavanaugh on July 9th. Within moments of that announcement, special interest groups raced to be the first to oppose him, including one organization that didn't even bother to fill in the judge's name on its pre-written press release. They simply wrote that they opposed Donald Trump's nomination of XX to the Supreme Court of the United States. A number of senators joined the race to announce their opposition, but they were beaten to the punch by one of our colleagues who actually announced opposition before the nominee's identity was even known. Since that time, we have seen special interest groups whip their followers into a frenzy by spreading misrepresentations and outright falsehoods about Judge Kavanaugh's judicial record. Over-the-top rhetoric and distortions of his record and testimony at his first hearing produced short-lived headlines which, although debunked hours later, continued to live on and be spread through social media. I thought that was a very, very good opening and, and laid the the uh, the landscape for you that sort of thing you should know the idea of saying we oppose justice xxx forgetting to fill in the name because it was pre-written that's new the liberalist liberal justices got confirmed 97 to 2 or whatever in in the past by republican congresses so Antonin scalia overwhelmingly approved because he's an eminent jurist 
And the president nominated him. This knee-jerk, will just whip it up and act like it's a horror against the Republic thing, is pretty new, obviously starting with Robert Bork. Susan Collins' declaration of cowardice from the Washington Post by Dana Milbank. Her speech was the opposite of uh, Margaret Chase Smith's brave rebuke to Joseph McCarthy. All right. Because uh, uh, Susan Collins goes on to talk about uh, due process and the rule of law and innocent to proven guilty and all that sort of stuff that somehow got lost on the media. That is a liberal notion, isn't it? Isn't it a liberal notion? Yes. That you don't have to prove you're innocent. They have to prove you're guilty. And listen, every time this comes up, we get a couple of emails. This isn't a criminal proceeding. This is a job interview. We know that. We're completely aware of that. That's a principle in life, not just the criminal justice system. The mere existence of an allegation cannot be allowed to tar someone. Or we're doomed. Right. Society is absolutely doomed. Well, for a short time, until everybody gets the idea that, oh, that's right, everybody's accusing everybody of everything right now, and then they're immediately tarred by it. We ought to design a system where that doesn't ruin people, and we'll be back to where we were. Well, guess where you would end up? You'd end up where women aren't believed anymore. because somebody Ever. Because somebody comes forward always, an enemy of whoever comes forward to try to stop you from getting this job or that job, or uh, go after that policeman or that politician or that teacher or whatever. Wow, yeah, And then well pretty said. soon, women are not believed again. Right. Is where you would end up. Yeah. Um, N- noodle that around. Chew that for a while. And Susan Collins was great. I thought the interview on Face the Nation was good, except for it was driving me crazy that the host, as you, as everybody else on cable news, including Fox, only came at it from from the point of view of... What about all these women victims? What are they supposed to think now? Nobody stood up for, look, if you can't prove it, we can't convict people. We just can't. Right. Nobody came at it from that perspective, which I find incredibly troubling. And there will be some injustices thereby. I mean, that's just going to happen, and it's a damn shame. But Susan Collins talked about the hours she spent with that FBI report, the 12 interviews that the FBI did with with all the people that were um, uh, mentioned by Ms. Ford that supposedly had some knowledge of that. And as Susan Collins said yesterday, everybody, including her best friend was at, that was at the party, Allegedly. has no memory of Kavanaugh or any of the... Of any of the things that she says went on. So what are you what are you supposed to do at that point? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to believe the woman. Okay. That just that that's that just seems crazy to me. And the number of people that I saw crying and shaking over we now live in a world where women aren't believed, I, I just don't get it. I don't know if I'm such a soft head. I don't think I am. You <laughs> you can't proceed with a Everybody is believed with no evidence. Right. You just can't. Or again, as you point out, very quickly, you'll be in a situation where no one is believed ever. God, we'd get there in no time. Which too. is exactly the opposite of what you want. How, uh, maybe people just haven't thought it through. I'm feeling charitable this morning. Do you get that? Does that make sense to you? I mean, feel free to text us, 415-295-KFTC. Well, I saw Alyssa Milano. email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Actress Alyssa Milano, who was behind Kavanaugh. Uh, and and uh, what was which show was she on? Which one was she? Charles Who's in the Charge? Boss? Who's the boss? That was Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Uh, with the great Tony Danza. I didn't realize Alyssa Milano is credited with starting Hashtag Me Too. She was the one that came up with that after Harvey Weinstein. Come and tell your story. Ah. Hashtag Me Too. And she started that whole movement. And so she's a, a proud spokesman for it. There you go. But she talked about how this is such a huge setback for believing women. 
I, I, it's it's an interesting question of um, John Dickerson asked Senator Collins, do you think women are more likely to come forward now or less likely to come forward now? That's a tough one. I, I would say if you don't have anybody that can back up your story, you still might not come forward. But the the progress that has been made is that if you come forward and say this happened to me, people aren't going to say, get out of here immediately. They're going to mm-hmm. say, okay, prove it. At least they're going to listen to the claim. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you can prove it, like any other crime. Or not necessarily prove it, but tell me about it. Yeah. Um, if you've got something to back that up, like any other crime that's always been, people will listen to you now. That's a step forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you, if you, you know, it, it sucks. But if you've got no witnesses and no way to back that up, no, people probably aren't going to go to jail or have their lives ruined. Right. Because right. how would you? Right. Uh, more on the politics of this in a couple of minutes. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I want to uh, do that New York Times behind the scenes thing because it's so good. And also the part of the Susan Collins speech that's being ignored completely in which she explains how political activism works and gives example after example of uh, after example of supreme court nominations being used to whip up the electorate and what is predicted never happening so our text line is 415295kftc i know i was looking through the response to some of my tweets over the weekend and i know a lot of you don't agree so i would like to hear from you uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You see... In this country, we're very proud to have a process known as the law. And under the law, a man is presumed innocent until he's proven guilty. Right, Dad. In other words, we don't hang anybody without a fair trial. Everybody knows that. Sure, but sometimes we tend to forget. Well, I'm glad you understand. I'll see you kids later. I have to go shopping with your mother. There you go. The Brady Bunch had it nailed down. We don't hang somebody without a fair trial. Um, so I'm not sure I think the whole beers for Kavanaugh thing is good as a, as a trend on Twitter, including some senators, Republican male senators. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Beers with Kavanaugh, uh, you know, and they're, they're shown holding the beer. I, I don't think that's a good look. On the other hand, Ben Shapiro uh, tweeted, I like the whole, you're not allowed to celebrate Kavanaugh's confirmation thing that's going on this morning. Um, sarcastically, he's saying that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, definitely a win for the Republicans. I, I, I don't think the whole beers. It's <laughs> a win for the country, Jack. Is a, is a good look. Though. I like this from Nick in San Jose. Five bucks says Brett Kavanaugh walked into the Supreme Court chambers Tuesday morning with a 12 pack. P.S. That's four beers for Brett, one for every other justice. <laughs> KLTB, keep loving that beer. Wow. I like beer. I'm cherry picking, but we got a number of texts and quite a number of texts and, and Twitter responses too. There are lots of women who don't believe Ms. Ford. The idea that all women are shocked and hurt by this mm-hmm. and 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 feel like clearly Ms. Ford was telling the truth and uh, and and this is awful. That's just a ridiculous narrative. There are lots of women that don't believe her, correct, or don't think they don't believe her from the standpoint that Kavanaugh was clearly the guy. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So one thing I want to talk about just briefly, and this is a case study in how political activism works. And you see some similar things on the right wing about they're coming to take our guns, for instance. Um, uh, it, it, it works both ways. This happens to be an example uh, targeting lefties because it was in Susan Collins' speech. But she's talking about Brett Kavanaugh and abortion rights. And if you swing uh, uh, pro-choice, pro-abortion rights is the term I uh, prefer, um, you should be interested in this because all of the talk in the left-wing circles and all of the media is that this is cataclysmic for abortion rights. And Susan Collins, in her speech that virtually nobody heard, who's not a news junkie, goes uh, on at length about uh, her hours-long discussions with Brett Kavanaugh about, about Griswold versus Connecticut, case that struck down a law banning the use and sale of contraceptives, uh, which established a legal foundation that led to Roe versus Wade eight years later and was later supported then by Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And all of that was based on a couple of famous cases from the 20s. And they talked for hours about this stuff. And Kavanaugh expressed great respect for all of those cases and is more into the idea of uh, what is it, judicis stasis or whatever, the idea that precedent matters. Story then, decisis. Exactly, that's it, uh, which was my uh, stage name when I was a, a male dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, I should forget it, but, you know, I drank in those days. Did you make a lot of money? Oh, my God, my tips were, well, I could do things most men can't do. Anyway, so uh-huh. uh, they talked about this for hours and hours, and by the specifics of what the guy believes, he is, for a conservative, very, very respectful of Roe versus Wade. Now, folks, you did not hear this. You are being ill-served by your media. And she goes into <clears throat> the Republican uh, platform for all presidential campaigns has included nominating judges who would overturn Roe. Republicans campaign on that. I will nominate judges that will overturn Roe versus Wade. That's a crock of crap, by the way, Republicans. You're being played by your candidates because they know it's not going to happen. Listen to this. During that time, since 1980, that it's always been part of the platform, Republican presidents have appointed Justices O'Connor, Souter, and Kennedy to the Supreme Court. Those three justices, Republican appointed justices, authored the Casey decision, which reaffirmed Roe. Those three Republicans wrote the decision. Furthermore, pro-choice groups vigorously opposed each of these justices' nominations. They even circulated buttons with the slogan, Stop Souter or women will die. Two months later, Souter co-authored the Casey opinion, reaffirming a woman's right to an abortion. I don't know how everybody hasn't picked up on this, or maybe they don't want to. I I figured out the whole Roe versus Wade is a... uh... Red herring, is that the right term, or whatever it is? Yeah. A f- yeah. false flag, or whatever you want to... I figured that out decades ago. Yeah, I know. I know. That, it's, no, it, it ain't going nowhere. Even if it did, the states would take back over. It just, it ain't going... It's, it's, a, it's a false narrative on both sides. Correct. That that's what's at stake. Correct. With the Supreme Court. So I always it's just a, ignore it when people start talking about it's it. It's a great, which is to say mediocre, because... Nothing gets people to the polls, but it's a great motivator to get to the polls, uh, per, uh, period. You're all being played. Susan Collins. And the amount of fear and anger and grief right now, because Kavanaugh's going to overturn Rovitz's room probably within a week. It's fake. 
Uh, she also said on um, on the on the Face the Nation interview yesterday because John Dickerson brought up the idea of how we do we believe he can be fair to Democrats with the 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 tirade that he went on, right? And uh, first of all, which was a mistake uh, in my mind. He went too far, but go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. According to this New York Times article that I want to during the 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 break. After he said to the one senator lady, I don't know, did you ever black out? Amy um, Klobuchar, yeah, that was not good. That was dumb. During the uh, the halftime, Trump's lawyer, McGahn, pulled him aside and said, yeah, you got to dial it back just a little bit. Just a little, little, take her, take her down a notch. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's like the nicest Democrat in the Senate. You probably ought to apologize. And that's when he came back and apologized and everything. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, uh, so. Yeah, you got to be careful. Whenever you, the longer you live, the more you learn this. Sometimes when you got a head full of steam, you got to say to yourself, I need to be careful. I have a head full of steam. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Dickerson brought up the idea, can he be fair to Democrats? And Susan Collins said there are 500 interviews. He's been a judge for a very, very long time at the federal level. And there were 500 interviews that, that I read of people saying he has been fair in all these different cases. There was not an example anywhere of him being unfair. Right. written by people on the right and the left in terms of looking at cases. Mm-hmm. So he's got a history of of this. He's not all of a sudden going to become a nut job. You could say he's newly embittered by this process. It was a life-changing experience. I, I don't think he is. But. I don't think he should get to decide Cory Booker's fate, for instance. Oh, I can't. If, I'm if, waiting for if, that moment. If an individual person came before him. I would agree with that. But just in general. Um, well, I, I would say if it happened in the next two weeks, how about five years down the line? I have no doubt he'd rule fairly. I haven't watched all the videos. I've seen some of them. How about that UFC fight that happened over the weekend? Ooh. Conor McGregor got beat up by some, what's the dude's name? Uh, Habib is the is his first name. He's a uh, Russian unpronounceable. He's a uh, Kyrgyzstanian or something. Yeah. Undefeated, uh, mostly a wrestler, beats the hell out of everybody, including Conor McGregor. And then after the fight, it all just went ape ass, and nobody's exactly sure who started it. Oh yeah, people were going into the crowd. I guess uh, people, and, uh, people from the crowd were trying to get into the ring to fight <laughs> Conor McGregor. That seems like bad a bad idea. idea. Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Those quote unquote people from the crowd were training partners of the other fighter. Gotcha. These, these weren't teammates. civilians. Yeah, okay. yeah, they were yeah. they were teammates of it. Uh, uh, Habib, the the victor of the fight, kind of started it by jumping over the cage, go, cage going at Conor McGregor's jujitsu coach, uh, and that kind of started the the, yeah. the dominoes falling from there. So the the Russian dude or whatever he is, man, he got over the fence quick and got into the crowd. Did you see how fast he went over that thing? No, I didn't oh, that know. video is unbelievable! Like Holy minky. cow! Show you how agile a guy like that is. Oh, we'll talk more about that later. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, we got Senate leaders on what's next now that the Kavanaugh nomination's been secured, and China has grabbed the president of Interpol, the European crime-fighting organization. Whoops. Get into those reports. You got the Saudis snatching up journalists? A lot of stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Pretty good going all fearless. So we've got to link that one, Hans, and I haven't seen the one from the perspective of the crowd. Somebody had a cell phone video of sitting in the crowd when the Russian UFC fighter comes over the fence toward them, which would make you... Hashtag, what the hell? <laughs> I just watched the video for the first time. It's insanity. It is insanity. Yeah. And the who's the guy who runs the UFC? Dana White. Uh, this was a huge deal. It got unbelievable ratings. You had an undefeated guy. You got Conor McGregor and, and all that sort of stuff. 
And the guy, Dana White, said, here we have the most eyeballs we've ever had on our sport, a sport that I've been trying to build for years and years, and we have this S show. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said in his interview. Well a said. complete S show. And it is an S show. Well, yeah, so the fight's over, and the, and the winner starts barking at the people in the crowd and goes over the fence, and then... Well, there are claims that sucker punches. And there are claims that Connor threw the first punch. I don't know if that's been substantiated. It's possible Connor McGregor's every bit as crazy as he pretends to be, in terms of that going after that bus oh, last yeah. year. Good whiskey. Who? What? Who was on that bus? Right. This guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So this oh, all goes yeah. back. Oh, there's yeah. bad blood yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, but usually the bad blood is made up. Right. They have the same agents, and it's all you know. They go out to dinner together. I mean, right. In in almost all sports, these people actually want to kill each other. <laughs> wow. wow, that's insane. Yeah, people went to jail. They've withheld the check. So nobody's getting paid until they figure out who started this S show. And Vlad Putin has weighed in on some level, Sean? Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, Habib, the, the victor of the fight, he is a very proud Russian fighter. And, and Putin called him up. It's a great display of strength or whatever Putin says to people who do such things. Ride that tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is something. Everybody prepare for the rematch. Oh, uh, boy, that'll be big money. And a lot of security. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Brett Kavanaugh is going to be taking his place in the highest court in the country after that contentious confirmation battle. He was technically sworn in Saturday after the 50 to 48 vote in the Senate, but President Trump... Closest vote since the 1880s? Yes. That's something. Yep. But President Trump says there's going to be another swearing-in ceremony this evening with him presiding. After that, Kavanaugh's first cases on the court will begin this week. Bill Bennett, you know who Bill Bennett is? He was the Secretary of Education at some point or something or other. I don't remember where he was. (laughs) Pundit. Apparently you don't remember Bill Bennett. But go on. Yeah, he's been all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He said over the weekend, we are the most divided we've been in our nation's history except for one case. Obviously the Civil War. Do you agree? It's pretty divided. It's pretty divided. Mm, Yeah, it is pretty divided. It's... It's getting a little apple and orange-y with the, the Vietnam War period, which was incredibly divided. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, I'm not sure who writes history, the victors or somebody or other. Um, but there were many, many people who were pro-war, hard-hat, American flag, yep. anybody anti-war is a bad American, riots in the streets, right. assassinations, etc. That's pretty freaking divided. A lot of head bashing going on back then. But again, there's, it's funny. It's a, a conceit of the nation, of the modern media, to want to declare something the most something. How about we just to say, say it's so divided, it's dangerous. It's in that, that top category. We're in the red zone. GOP leaders, meanwhile, are talking about what's next now that they have secured the nomination. Senator Lindsey Graham is happy the efforts to humiliate and railroad Justice Kavanaugh didn't succeed. In fact, I came to the aid of this good man and helped defeat this debacle. I'm happy as a clam. I honestly think if the if the other side had won, we would be freaking doomed. I don't know where you go from there. You go to accusations nonstop. Character assassination nonstop. And then a level of cynicism that might be the highest we've seen in, in many, many decades. Lindsay on Fox News Sunday had a warning for Democrats for this midterm election season. This is going to the streets at the ballot box. Uh, I'm going to, I've never campaigned against a colleague in my life. That's about to change. Wow, that's something from the genial man from yes. South Carolina. Um, 
you know, it's probably worth pointing out that the technique of slandering somebody and slandering them until they crack is time-honored. You try to make them crack and lose their temper, and then you say, look at the guy's temperament. And they almost got Kavanaugh on that basis. It was a, it was a pretty good try. Um, back to the cynicism and the, the false accusations and the rest of it. And, and this, I'm, I'm asking mostly my, my lefty friends. Everybody agrees the Avenatti thing was, uh, was a joke now. And a lot of anti-Kavanaugh people think it was unproductive. Isn't that pretty much the conventional wisdom at this oh, point? Oh, yeah. Democrats and Republicans think yeah. that, that that really, really aided Kavanaugh. May right. have turned the tide, according to the New York Times. Right. The YPWI uh, gal. Ms. Sanchez, is that correct? Ramirez. Ramirez, sorry. Yeah. I, I can remember she's Hispanic, but that's all, apparently, for some reason. The uh, infamous Yale penis-wagging incident. Apparently, you remember the penis also, because you always mention it. I can't forget it. Um, <laughs> That has not gotten any corroboration at all. And she has not been found to be terribly credible herself, as, as she, you know, well, we've, we've litigated this to death. So you're down to Dr. Blasey Ford, really. Right. And as Susan Collins said, they interviewed 12 people that was in that report. They did 12 interviews. She read them all. Nobody could say, yeah, this happened. So what do you, what do, you do at that point? In fact, nobody even have a, had a whiff that it happened. So what do we do at that point? And if you are shouting at the radio, believe the victim. Well, then, and I say this with affection and respect, you lack the critical thinking skills to be in charge of stuff. You absolutely have to listen, and you have to investigate, um, but you don't have to convict. You mentioned uh, Susan Collins, the senator on 60 Minutes last night, going over once again her reasons for deciding to back Kavanaugh. Scott Pelley asking Collins. Dr. Ford famously said she was 100% sure that it was Judge Kavanaugh who assaulted her. Are you 100% sure of this vote? I feel very comfortable that I've made the right decision. I could not come to another decision based on the testimony and the evidence that I reviewed. If you vote against Kavanaugh because you don't think he has the right temperament because of the way he acted, that's a perfectly reasonable. I mean, it's got you've got a reason behind it. The people who voted against him because they think he's a sexual predator based on the information, you're scary to me. Right. You are scary. There's just so little there. One last quick note. President Trump's flying to Florida to speak to the nation's police chiefs. Flying with him today, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. He'll probably fire him right in the middle of the air and make him jump out with or without a parachute. Yeah, his beating. Wow, push him out of the plane. Right. Get the hell out of here! Ah! <laughs> His meeting to discuss a New York Times report that he had pondered wearing a wire when he met with the president will be the subject of discussion. That meeting had been postponed until today. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky. That is such a non-story. Trump's going to say, hey, I saw that uh, story in the New York Times about you saying you wear a wire. Rosenstein, yeah, said somebody brought up the 25th Amendment thing, and I said, yeah, I'm going to wear a wire and tape the president, and everybody laughed. Trump's going to say, yeah, that's what I thought, and it's going to be over. And that giant story, that cause celeb, will vanish like the fart in a windstorm it is. <laughs> Hard fart primary. 
So what happened to that Washington Post reporter that was in Saudi Arabia when it goes into a building and doesn't come out? He's in uh, Turkey. In Turkey, yeah. Goes into the Saudi Council. Yeah, Yeah. Consulate. Um, Yeah. We're going to talk to a Washington Post reporter about that. Because they're pretty concerned, as you would be. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. friends with Saudi Arabia. We need to be friends with Saudi Arabia. We don't have that many friends in that part of the world, but they can't be snatching our journalists. No, indeed. and Snatching, probably killing. Eli Lopez joins us. Eli is the Washington Post senior editor for Global Opinions to talk about the mysterious and highly troubling disappearance of Shamal uh, Khashoggi. Uh, Eli, welcome. How are you, sir? Good, good, good. How are you? Thank you for having us. We're fine and dandy. You know, I'd like to frame this uh, discussion by pointing out to some people that you know, people like to march in the streets and act like they're being very courageous in the United States. Um, you know, and frequently they're not. The very worst that happens to most of us is we get arrested and get to post that on our social media. A person like Jamal uh, Khashoggi is actually a person of great courage reporting on the Saudi regime as he had uh, has. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him, then we'll get into the disappearance. Absolutely. Jamal uh, was a, a veteran journalist, uh, you know, incredibly committed professional. He was uh, the editor of a, of a progressive newspaper in uh, in uh, in Saudi Arabia. He was one of the first people to sort of establish contact with Osama bin Laden, and I actually interviewed him several times. He was a person that you know did very very rigorous reporting all over the region. Uh, he paid a price for being outspoken, you know, as, uh, he was fired multiple times from his jobs as a journalist and as a columnist. Uh, he always wanted to bring, uh, you know, uh, fair and, you know, and, and full coverage of issues. So he ran into a lot of walls, you know, as we, as we know, Saudi Arabia is a very, you know, it's, 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 it's a very close monarchy, you know, it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's system of government is very, very, very controlled. So, so whenever he, he had ideas for reform and for openness, and for discussions about you know improving the politics, he 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 would be in trouble. He always saw himself as a journalist first and and as a critic. But he 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 saw himself as a, as a constructive critic. And every time you sort of you know these issues happen, he he was not a person that was filled with hate uh, or, or 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 just recriminations. But but really, uh, he wanted to he wanted things to improve. He wanted Saudi Arabia to to reach its full full potential as a country. He you know, which he loved. So I read several articles, columns in the Washington Post over the weekend. Do you all there believe he was um, killed by the Saudis? Do you think that's what happened? We don't know, but we have, uh, of course, very you know, reason to be very, very concerned about these reports that that were that appear in the Washington Post. Our, our reporter was told this by senior Turkish officials involved in the investigation. Well, uh, for, so, let me jump in here, and I apologize, yeah. but for folks who are not familiar with this story, uh, Mr. Khashoggi went to the uh, Saudi Arabian consulate right. in uh, in Turkey um, just to do what was said to be routine paperwork, and never came out. Is that correct? 
That's right. That's right. Uh, his uh, fiance was out there. His fiance is Turkish, and uh, they were. Uh, he was getting a. He was getting a, a. You know, he was getting a paper to verify his divorce in Saudi Arabia so he could get married in Turkey. Uh, he went to the consulate uh, a week before he was told to come back. Uh, when he returns, uh, then uh, this is when he, we, you know, we haven't heard from him again. He was uh, asked to leave his cell phone outside of the consulate, which is a standard procedure. She had the cell phone, but then again, she did. She waited for hours. She waited for four, for five, for six, seven hours, uh, and finally, she was. She she made some phone calls and alerted his friends and, uh, and colleagues. He actually had told her to do that uh, just because he was, you know, he was being cautious. Uh, and now, you know, Turkish officials have said that they they have reason to believe that he was killed in the consulate. Now, Saudi officials deny this and say that he left the consulate. Now, we we need to get to the bottom of this. We are demanding answers. We we want the Turkish, the Saudi officials to get him, to get a full investigation, uh, and we also want the United States to press both of these allies to provide full you know full full information and to get to the bottom of this for his family's sake, uh, for his friends. And colleagues say we we this is sent such a such a chilling message to journalists around the world sure has secretary of state pompeo said anything about it no no we don't have any statements uh public yet uh we have reached out to them and we they are aware of this in a piece uh, an opinion piece this morning in the post uh, you mentioned that mr Khashoggi went to the consulate on september the 28th and was told to come back the following week and in the interim 15 saudi officials entered istanbul Quote, specifically for the murder, close quote, according to sources y'all have uh, quoted. Uh, how uh, how substantial a clue is that? Do Saudi diplomats come and go routinely? Well, that's, this is this is some of the things that we need the, the Turkish authorities and the Saudi authorities to to answer because they they have the answers to this. They must know who these who these uh, you know people were and what they were doing in the country, especially if they were diplomats. Uh, they also you know if they if they have video security footage to to release. Uh, what, what we're seeing is just uh, the, the accusations are so so serious. Uh, that you know, we we need an independent uh, take a look at this, and and we're afraid that it's going to get politicized, uh, just because these these two governments are very powerful in the region, and they might they have conflicting interests at times, and 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 we really really need to get to the bottom of this. That's, that's so you know we have a we have this information that needs to be confirmed, uh, but right now we're hoping for the best, but we have been preparing for the worst. Eli Lopez, Washington Post Senior Editor, Global Opinions. We appreciate the time very much, and uh, we hope what you hope, that he'll be uh, returned safely sometime soon. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that ain't going to happen. I think you add, no. you add Saudi Arabia to the list of countries that snuff reporters if you write bad stories. Oh, yeah. Along with Russia and China and a bunch of the African and, and Central and South America places. Yeah. Well, if you're not hip to this, everybody's a diplomat. Everybody who comes and goes from countries is a diplomat. They're spooks, they're hitmen, they're you know, all sorts of uh, different agents. But yeah, they call them diplomats. So they have a source that they're comfortable quoting in the WAPO, um, which, you know, if it was a story about the inner workings of Donald Trump's White House, I wouldn't trust quite so much. But the source says in that week, 15 Saudi officials entered Istanbul specifically for the murder. Wow. Then when he came back, 
He walked in the door. They said, yeah, why don't you come down this hall? And he was never seen again. You wouldn't think, I mean, this is kind of grim, but you wouldn't think you'd need that many people if that was your goal. In fact, no, you'd agree. want as few people as possible just so you don't draw quite so much attention to yourself. Right, although I don't know that much about killing somebody and disposing of it and covering it up. Right, they in might a foreign have had country. A, uh, yeah, some of them might have been uh, going into the press war room to deal with the, as soon as the fallout started happening. Right, yeah, you bring in the heavy hitters that might not be in the Istanbul consulate. In fact, probably aren't. Yeah, that's it. There are probably just more angles to this than any of us would ever consider. Interesting. Man, so any a- of those, uh, anyway, those of you who throw on a bandana to protest the World Trade Organization or something like that, you bunch of trust of babies. This is a man with courage. My niece uh, was uh, protesting Trump in Topeka, Kansas over the weekend. And uh, my brother t- <laughs> told her, if you get arrested, I'm not bailing you out. Nice. <laughs> He's a Trump voter. There you go. You going to protest my president? Uh-huh. Huh? But there he says, go ahead and protest. Oh, yeah. It's good parenting. <laughs> uh, the behind the scenes of the Kavanaugh thing I found pretty interesting from the New York Times. Maybe we'll get to that. Oh, and Taylor Swift has broken her political silence. You will not guess <laughs> what her politics are. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.